0: We'll hello 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 and welcome to author's excerpt sunday i am your host sharice johnson moore and today we have a very special guest her name is miss diane davies hello miss davies how are you doing today hello hello darling
1: (laughs) hi sharice i'm just fine
0: nice to see you face to face nice to see you yes 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 it is it is an honor and a privilege to have you with us Thank today you. on author's excerpt sunday today miss davies i want to give a little background about my guest. so miss diane davies has a long history of activism as a survivor and advocate for breast cancer patients <sighs> in addition to her work as a co-worker co-leader of the hastings breast breast cancer support and co-creator of the voice of hope dvd her extensive experience is a volunteer for american cancer Society's reached to Rico recovery program has put her in direct contact as a home visitor with breast cancer patients in the first days after diagnosis diane davies is also a wife mother grandmother and gardener and former first grade teacher author former executive director of circle in the field Peel Support for Breast Cancer and Bush Leadership Fellow, 2011 through 2013. She lives in rural Hastings, Minnesota uh, with her husband, Butch. They are both retired and enjoy spending time with their family at home on the St. Croix River and at their lake home on Rainy Lake in Ontario. You'll find them on their boat called Fiddle Farther Around. Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> her daughter and her family live next door, making it handy for watching her two grandchildren. Absolutely. Davy's te- teacher training experience cancer survivorship, an award-winning writer, know how combined to give her the expertise to help you gain confidence in talking about talking with your children regarding your breast cancer diagnosis. Don't miss this opportunity to meet the author and allow her uh, through her love and understanding and humor. Yes, she has some humor, y'all. And help her, help her help you and your children on your own cancer journey. She knows the territory well. Her book is entitled Janie's Janie Ann's Grandma Has Breast Cancer by Diane Davies. Um the book is consistent of um uh you wanna miss Miss Diane, you wanna you wanna uh, fill us in, of what your book, Jay, Janie's, Janie Ann's grandmother has breast cancer.
1: Wow. Yes, I'd love to. Um, well, Janie Ann is a a typical six-year-old. Um, she's biracial. Uh, she is in, uh, first grade and, um, she, hears little bits and pieces of conversation and and hears the word cancer mm-hmm. and uh, becomes, it kind of upsets her. Um, this mm-hmm. particular day, she came home from school and her baby brother mm-hmm. was still in his pajamas, which he had been in all yes. day. Mom was um, mm-hmm. not real happy um, like she mm-hmm. usually is. She forgot to give her a hug when she came in the door. Uh, she forgot mm-hmm. to give her a snack of all things. So Jeannie Ann just kind of assumed that, you know, something is going on. Something's wrong. Uh, at dinner yes. time, again, you know, things were were different than normal. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Nobody said a whole lot. They just were busy eating their dinner and um, mom looked mm-hmm. pretty upset and the the telephone rang and uh, mom answered the phone and, and started crying and uh, mm-hmm. so Jeannie Ann asked if she could be excused from the table, which she was. And, but she hung around the door to the kitchen and kind of listened to the whispers that were going on back and mm-hmm. forth between her parents. And um, again, you know, heard the word cancer. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, children, to, I guess all of us, not just children, but you, we hear that word cancer and it's frightening. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know anything about it, if we, you know, our imagination goes crazy and kids especially um, let their imagination run away with them. So, um, you know, Jeannie Jeannie Ann didn't know if, you know, who had cancer, was it her, was it her baby brother, was it mom Mm -hmm. or dad, you know, just um, she was frightened. Um, So when they, when mom came to tuck her in to put her into bed, Jeannie Ann very wisely said, Mom, what's going on? You know, who, who has cancer? Is it me? Am I going to die? You know, as, what's happening? So that begins the story where um, yeah. Jeannie Ann and, and her mother and her dad and, and the grandmother um, all kind of lead her through uh, the story of, um, of what's happening. And um, fill her in and, and Mm. keep her abreast along with them on this journey. And, um, as a result, um, I, I think it was, it became a much better journey for everybody involved, including grandma and Jeannie Ann too. Um, so that's kind of the kind of the gist of the story. Um, but you know, that Mm. it's a a hard thing to tell your kids I have cancer or to say grandma has cancer Mm whatever so yes yeah that's kind of the gist of the story at any rate
0: okay i wanted to ask you so what prompted you to write this book uh well in
1: 2004 i was um well actually my my cancer journey started earlier than that it started in um, 1970 when my mother was um, diagnosed with breast cancer um Mm. And at that time, um, you know, the the journey was a whole lot different than that, than it is today. Um, yes. She had radiation. There was no chemotherapy for her. Um, mm-hmm. She had radiation that that gave her 25 more years of life, um, but she but it injured her heart at the same time, and she died 25 years later of uh, of a massive heart attack. Um, so then, you know, I come along, and in in 2004, I'm diagnosed. I see the same kinds of things happening on my body that my mom talked with me about. And um, mm-hmm. I started keeping a journal in order to wrap my head around what was happening to me. And um, mm-hmm. in my journal, I would write step-by-step step what was going on each day. And then I'd also write how I was um, feeling about that. So my ha- things that were happening were written in one font, and then my, my thoughts and feelings were written in italic so that so that I could remember the difference between the two. Yes. So I kept the journal for 300 and some days of, of my journey. And when I mm-hmm. finished, I um, finished my journey and, and was fine and everything was going well. I showed my journal to my daughter and my daughter read it and she said, "Oh mom, this is." very helpful. You know, this would be certainly something that I think you need to publish. And I wrote it for her so that in Mm -hmm. case I wasn't around, you know, with grandma, my mother having breast cancer, my own breast cancer, she certainly is, you know, could possibly have her own cancer journey someday as well. Yes. Um, So, so that's what we did. Uh, You know, I went ahead and and, uh, had the book published and, and then, um, 12 years later, I sure. wrote another book about um, the lessons that I had learned through my cancer experience. I talk about them in the first book, but in the second book, then I talk about them with a new lens of 12 years of survivorship behind me, which you know was very helpful. and And I discovered that those lessons that I learned in the first place had more meaning for me, even after mm-hmm. 12 years. Um, so that all passed. And, and then, you know, I, I started thinking about the fact that I have, I'm a retired first grade teacher. So I have read thousands of books to hundreds of kids. And I thought, you know, I, I, need, I need to write this in the, in the voice of Jeannie Ann and, um, mm-hmm. and make it uh, a tool that families can use when they have to have that I have cancer conversation with their children. And, and so that's that's what I did. That's kind of a, a long answer to that <laughs> to that question. But it tells you that whole journey up to the point where I, I did write about Jeannie Ann and and um, uh, hopefully, you know, it, it's helpful for parents to be able to take the book read the story with their child on their lap or you know sitting next to them and then be able to to go into a conversation about the fact that that yes you know one of our family does have breast cancer and and uh we're going to go through this together as a family and you're going to
0: be a part of it um when um you first uh, we first when we first met through an email i knew that you were special that oh, you were uh the the kind of author that i would love to have on my show to tell your story because i have experienced cancer in my family but we never talked about it we know it's a forbidden fruit, it's a forbidden topic, is and then you don't find that a person had counseled after they passed on. And it's like, for real, you didn't hear that, like really, like you could have told me that or you know, and I like the way that um uh that you introduced this character, Jeannie Ann, and she is this this, you know, look. You know, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about grandma and we're going to tell you what's going on with grandma, because it's so important that we talk about our health with our children. Absolutely. Because then they don't get caught off guard with talking about, well, why didn't you tell me you had this was going on with you? or Why didn't you tell me this was, you know, and um, and the thing is. I didn't realize how important that was till yeah. my mother, my mother told me that she had cancer. Yes. And she didn't tell me until at the very end of her journey. I'll say three months. And she she explained to me that she had ended up with throat cancer
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: had metastasized and spread to her spinal and to her brain. Oh my. and she had already had her her vocal cords worked on and i was wondering mm-hmm. why we was talking and she was sounding funny mm-hmm. and she said she told me yeah they, they took out my some of my larynx and stuff like that and and i was like well you know she's like well she told me she had would die and had been diagnosed with cancer but i was like well excuse me but when were you gonna tell me like really you know and because when we when we have these conversations about health it prepares a person for what's to come absolutely it prepares them to know how to deal with their grief if the mm-hmm. person passes and it also when you open up about your medical history and tell your children what's going on, you never know. Okay, well, come on, I'm, I, you know, I know, I'm going to grandma's house. I got grandma need me. Grandma, you know, grandma has. I got to cook for grandma. I got to clean grandma's house. I got, mm-hmm. I got to go with her to the doctor. You, you never know how that would affect a person because, you know, you don't, you know, like. Families grow or grow apart, things like that, and you sit down and everybody you sit down and tell them what's going on, and then you you give that person an opportunity to maybe think about changing the way that they have a relationship with the person. Absolutely. You know, you know, and it's very important. So, how long have you been doing your volunteer work with uh, other patient, other cancer? patients
1: well I started um, I started pretty much um, uh, immediately um, you have to um, for the American Cancer Society you have to have a year survivorship under your belt before they'll accept you as a volunteer um, okay. and that that part of their program has been changed um, they no longer uh, ask for uh, home visits but you know I found those the home visits were probably the most beneficial um, mm-hmm. I had opportunities where um, I would go to the door and this woman would answer and she'd have this scared look on her face and and I could go in and we could talk and we could laugh and you know I could share my experiences with her and um, I even I even would unbutton my shirt and I would show her my scars, and um, one lady even said to me, "Could mm. I could I feel that? Could I could I touch that and know what that feels like?" And I said, "Absolutely, go right ahead, you know." So so I I would let her let I let her do that, and then she said to me, "Do you think you'd let my husband touch it?" <laughs> I said. Whoa, well, hmm, let me think about that one. I've, I have not done that yet. Yeah, right? But, yeah, yes, uh, I said, you know, I guess, I guess, yes, if if you think it would be helpful. Well, of course, he did not come, he did not think that would be very helpful, right? Totally understood, and I was glad.
0: Yes, yes.
1: But oh, by yeah. the time by the time we yeah. laughed a little bit and cried a little bit and hugged a little bit, you know, and, and I left, um, mm-hmm. she didn't have that scared look anymore on her face. And and you know, that, that's my my hope too, that uh, with with Jeannie Ann's story that um, we can take that fear away from the from a, a child as well and, mm-hmm. and help them deal better with, with what's ahead. If you don't talk to children about this, the children are very perceptive. They know that something is wrong and they, yeah. they know that right away, just like Ginny Ann did when there was no snack. You know, goodness. Yeah. I just came home yeah. from school and I didn't get a snack and my brother's in his pajamas, mm-hmm. you know, that there's mm-hmm. something wrong because uh, all of a sudden the the routine has changed. And a routine yeah. is safe for kids, and yes. um, if you break that routine, that's mm-hmm. when they become very upset. Um, taking breaking the routine takes the safe out of the out of everything, and yes. the children often imagine things mm-hmm. worse than they really are, and so mm-hmm. I think it's important to not let them get that wild imagination going, and you know have them. Thinking that things are are so much more worse than they really are, um, and you don't you know you don't have to give them um, detailed graphic information. You have yeah. to listen to what they ask and answer yeah. those questions. And and yeah. I think that's you know the the big important part is listening to them. Now, when your mother had had breast cancer and or had cancer, I'm sorry, yeah. and You didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. that make you feel left out? Left out of the family and not as a part of things?
0: Yes. Yes. It did. did. Because I I felt left out because I don't, how, how could I say this? I had just buried my father six months before my mother passed away. Um, and I'm sorry. Then I buried my father's mother three years before uh, my father passed away, and it's like one right behind another, behind another. And mm-hmm. when those my grandmother and my father passed, and I was like, wow, like wait a minute, hold up, you know, now I me and my mother, even though she didn't raise me, I felt still felt obligated to her mm-hmm. because. I had so many thoughts and processes to deal with with the first two dips, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, what didn't I do? What could I have changed? What, you know?" And sure. then I started, you know. And then I was like, "Look, okay, well, do you need me to come?" And I asked her when I when she told me, she do? You need me to come? Do you want me to come there?" You, because know, I would drop, I would, I would like, look, I will drop everything and come there mm-hmm. and take care of my brother. Sure, and um. She's like, No, everything's fine. I'm everything's fine. Your sister here with me, your brother here with me. I was like, Okay, all right. And then when I got that call, maybe three months later, that was January of 2015. I remember the day, and um, I was like, Wait a minute, I ain't even get no time. You know, I didn't get no more time with my mom, so mm-hmm. you know that that affected me a lot. You know so um Absolutely. but you know it, it is a thing of tell people what's going on mm-hmm. it don't have to just be about cancer it could be about you got heart problems or you got in, in veins or you got uh you got diabetes so you gotta uh, you, got you, got, uh, you know and doctor and want to do this just put a stick in your heart or whatever the case may be tell people what's going on because it gives them assurance of look I'm getting get, get no younger and time precious time is very precious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, and, yes.
1: You know too when you're when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with younger children um, there's four questions that that come up in their mind. And the first mm-hmm. question always mm-hmm. is, did I cause it? Is it my fault that my mom has cancer? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the second question mm-hmm. is, can I catch it? You know, if I give her a hug or a kiss, am I going to end up with cancer too? Mm-hmm. And the third yeah. question is, you know, how how can I cure it? How can I get in there and, and help my mom? And the fourth one, and I think this is probably the most important one that, that we need to consider is who's going to take care of me? You know, so it's, that's Mm. a big worry of a, of a child when there's a, a, an illness as significant as a, as a cancer illness in a family. And, and the child needs to be uh, un, understood understanding that you know all of this mm-hmm. is taken care of, and yes, you know you you're not going to be left out in the <laughs> out in the driveway. you know somebody is going to be here yeah. to to help you and you know the, where am I going to sleep when mom's in the hospital? and who's gonna cook my meals and you know, mm-hmm. children are very self-centered and and need to have mm-hmm. those questions answered. so it, it is very important that they understand what's
0: happening there. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready to read us an excerpt out of your book?
1: Oh, I would love to do that. Yes, I will get my book. It's right behind me. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Okay, I would love to read to you. Yes, that's my favorite thing to do is to read. And you know what, I'm, I'm going to start at the beginning, I might jump around a little bit. So um, but I'll start at the beginning. Hi, I'm Jeannie Ann, and I have thick curly hair and freckles on my nose. I live in an ordinary home with my ordinary family. I'm in first grade, and I love school. I love lunch recess, gym class, math, science, and I love books. So I think the library is the greatest. When I get home from school, mom always gives me a big hug and a snack. After that, I get to play with my baby brother. But one day, mom's hug is extra tight. She forgets my snack and I see that my baby brother still has his pajamas on. Something is wrong for sure. The telephone rings and after mom answers it, she starts to cry. I wonder if I've done something to make her sad. At dinner that night, mom and dad didn't talk much until after I was excused from the table. I think I must have done something really bad for them to act that way. I hang around the kitchen door to see if I can hear what they're whispering about. I hear the word cancer and get really scared. I know that cancer makes people sick and sometimes they even die. I have to know who has cancer. Is it me? Is it mom or dad or my baby brother? When mom takes me, tucks me in later, I ask her if I have cancer. Oh my goodness, no, she says. We were talking about your grandma she has breast cancer and i'm sad for her because i know what she will go through that she will go through a lot in treatment did you know that two rounded areas on people's chests are called breasts i didn't women can get breast cancer mom tells me and 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 so can men sometimes men have breasts too they're just smaller she says, you can't catch breast, breast cancer like a cold or the flu. And I'm very glad to hear that. Mom and I pray together that grandma's treatment will go well. I have a lot more questions to ask, but I know mom and dad will tell me the answers very soon. They're pretty smart about that. And the story goes on and, and um, the, the pictures, I wish I could show them to you. <laughs> They're absolutely fantastic. And yes.
0: um, C.A. Nobens is the yes. illustration. So.
1: Well, I'm sorry, you're breaking up. I didn't hear what you said.
0: Okay, I said, I like the pictures. The pictures are, are very nice. I like the pictures in your book. Yeah, thank and you, yes. they are they're lovely. And
1: the C.A. <clears throat> Nobens and I um, talked at length about how I wanted the pictures to be and and how mm-hmm. I wanted the story to be. And she really caught mm-hmm. my idea and, and um, helped tremendously. The um, end papers in the book are mm-hmm. um, lovely, too. As you can see, oh, she great. has all kinds of good little things in there for,
0: for kids. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I know, right? You have a good yep. illustrator.
1: Yeah, very. The other part I wanted to to show you and to to read to you is um, the part where they are talking about the the prosthesis and grandma. Grandma is so wise. Um, She Mm -hmm. is um, on top of things and and she's able to uh, talk to Jeannie Ann and explain things to her. But in this picture, you can see I never can do this right. i see it I see there it. we go uh-huh. yeah grandma yes. is putting her prosthesis into her um into her bra that she's going to put on uh-huh. and okay. uh, at, this is towards the end of the story and this is how Jeannie ann describes uh-huh. it all that hap- all that happened way back last year i'm in second grade now and my grandma is so much better. Her hair's even grown back and it's still gray, but it's just curly, just like mine. And you know what? Grandma has two mm-hmm. breasts again. When I noticed lumps under her shirt, mm-hmm. I asked, Grandma, why do you still have two? I thought the doctor removed one. He did, she said, but mm-hmm. I got to decide how I wanted to look after my operation. I could have a flat chest mm-hmm. on one side, or have a pretend breast Mm -hmm. put inside my body during surgery, or wear a pretend Mm -hmm. breast outside my body in my underclothes. I decided to Mm -hmm. wear a pretend breast in my bra." Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to, uh, as she goes to her support group and all those kinds of things. And then finally, at the very end, she said, these days when I come home from school, mom gives me a sunny smile and a great big hug. She always remembers my snack and I have even more fun playing with my brother now that he's not a baby anymore. I still have thick curly hair and freckles on my nose. I still love school, lunch, recess, gym class, math, science, and reading. I still live in an ordinary home with my ordinary family and I know how much I love them and how much they love me. And even more than ever before, I know that love is some pretty powerful stuff. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, on the last page of the story, I have a list of some resources for people, but I also have a list of 10 suggestions for ways that, uh, when, when a family mem- member is diagnosed with cancer, they can uh, help by talking with their children. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those ten things begins with with the word listen, uh, because mm-hmm. I just feel that that listening is so very very important um, when mm-hmm. you're dealing with children. Um, and and I'll if you don't mind, uh, do we have time? I'll just go through
0: these real quickly. Is that okay? Okay, we have time. You take all the time you need, honey. All the time you want. <laughs> go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> Because uh, this information is very important. It is this information important. information is very important. Absolutely. Proceed, please. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so the first one is listen. Good communication helps everyone in the family cope with whatever changes lie ahead. So it doesn't matter if you're 5 or 15 or 25 or 85, you know, Having good communication within your family is really, really important. Number yes, two, yes. number two, listen again. Talking with your children honestly and helping them express their emotions will help them feel safe and secure. Number three, there's no age limit for the need to cry. You know, and, and if, if that's what frightens you about talking to your family about having a cancer diagnosis go ahead and cry. Why not? They, they're mm-hmm. going to cry. too. They'll just cry right along with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number four, yes. um, listen, sharing information early on will help build trust. Number five, mm-hmm. be sure to ask if they have questions. You don't know if you don't know the answers, just assure them that you will find out and get the answers for them. Number six, mm-hmm. listen, Consider your child's age and keep in mind there's no need to talk beyond what is asked. And I Mm -hmm. underline, it's very important that you don't give them too much information that's going to scare them. Number seven, Mm -hmm. uh, listen, let your children know that they're feeling what they're feeling is normal and okay. It's all right to be Mm -hmm. scared and it's all right to to lean on somebody and ask somebody to give you some help. Okay. And number eight, be honest and hopeful. Number mm-hmm. nine, make sure your children know that nothing they did or said caused the cancer. And then mm-hmm. number 10, keep your children informed throughout the cancer journey. <clears throat> and I, I do think that's a really important. And I, and I also um, believe as you do that, that um, Prayer is important, and and that um, we need to encourage our children to um, pray to whatever God they believe in, or whatever figure they believe in and and to ask for support and help and and healing for their their loved one. And by doing that, you know we um, we're teaching them how to support someone through whatever it might be in life, whether it's breast cancer or any kind of, of difficulty. And, um, I, and I just, I know you feel that way too about it, that, that it's important to, to share those things with each other and, and be a family.
0: Yes, it is so important. I want to thank you again, Miss Diane, for coming in and sharing your book with us and i want to say when you write the next one and the one after that and the one after that you know <laughs> come on back now you're here come on you know so you're always welcome you're always always welcome to come on authors extra sunday and share what you're working on next uh you know your events you Thank know you have me you know about your events and i will you know post it and i will you know Put it out there, make the announcements and things like that. Because us as authors, we we write the books, but sometimes the next phase after writing the book is the hard part. Is say, come on, let's you know, let's share. And I want to know about what you're writing about. I want to yeah. know, you know, uh, you know where you're going. Do you have a book event? Do you have a book sign? And um, you mm-hmm. know, do you? You know, the different activities that you're doing with your book, you know, and, um, you know, like reading to the children at the library or something like that, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. that's very important to support authors past, the past, not just, not just at the interview here, but past Mm -hmm. the interview, beyond the interview, because we all need exposure when it comes to our books.
1: Yes, we do. Absolutely. And,
0: exposure, and exposure, exposure should be unlimited. So thank you, Ms. Diane, so much for coming in. And I want you to uh, let us know uh, where can we find your book?
1: Well, my books are available um, at uh, my own website, which is www.diannedavies.com. They're also available at um, uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble online. They're uh, mm-hmm. on Goodreads, um, mm-hmm. just about anywhere. <laughs> you can find yes, them,
0: yes, especially ma'am.
1: online, like like you said about your books too. So yes, um, yes, yeah, and my, my series on uh, Life in the Neck has become a really, really fun series for me to do. Um, The first one is uh, about new friends. It's called Life in the Neck, New Friends. And then the second one is about um, squirrel trouble, Life in the Neck, Squirrel Trouble. And the third one probably is my favorite book of all. It's um, Mm -hmm. Life in the Neck, Advent of Christmas. And my grandchildren are in the story and they and uh, their animal friends that they've made um, decide to celebrate Advent uh, the whole month, you know, before Christmas, and so it's kind of a, a nice little okay. story explaining what Advent is, and and how we mm-hmm. are, you know, getting ready for the for the coming of our Lord into the world to um, yeah. to save us. So it's it's just kind of a, a fun little book, and it's one of my favorite ones,
0: <laughs> and it's beautiful. Okay. The okay. illustrations okay. are.
1: Absolutely Gorgeous, so they're yes, worth ma'am. taking a look. <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> one, of, one, yes
1: of the, one of the things that I love to do is um, to read to children. So um, I'm available too for um, schools. Uh, I like to make school visits or church visits or um, library visits. I'm I'm available for all that kind of stuff and and love to do that. So. Call me. Okay.
0: I, I, hey, I I got you, girl. I got you. Okay. All right. It has been an honor and a privilege. And it has been our, our honor to have you here on thank Author's Excerpt Sunday. I thank you for coming. And I wish you a best evening. Okay, Mrs. Davies? Yes. Thank you so much, Cherise. I've enjoyed myself too. you you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Have a blessed night. Thank you. Bye bye. bye. You're welcome. Bye bye. <laughs> All right, everyone. It's been an honor and a privilege to have been in the place to be with my Miss Diane Davies. It has been an honor and a privilege to have her in the place. I want to say thank you to everyone that showed up today for Office Excerpt Sunday. And if you would like to be a guest on Office Excerpt Sunday, please do not hesitate to come and get in contact with me. I am Charisse at CharisseNJohnsonMoore.com. And I will be happy to have you on the show. It is an honor and a privilege to have you here and to have you in the place to be. Come on, authors. tell us what you